And welcome back. George Norrie with you. Glenn Rhodes with us. We'll get your calls this hour as well. Glenn, what would be the range of the man-made dangers that threaten our infrastructure? How far out can they blast away? Well, uh, I think I think one of the things I could highlight right now and talk about is is the um, uh, overview on the um, Chinese balloon threat that we had recently. You know, um, that thing that thing should have never ever entered our airspace uh, closer than 500 miles away. I mean, we should have taken it down. The the reason why is because um, the balloon threat is is uh, is an especially a dangerous uh, threat scenario that nobody has ever talked about before. And, and the reason why is because these balloons are capable of, of carrying, can you believe a balloon is capable of carrying at, at least four tons of payload? And, well, and that tonnage could include being a nuke, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, from our, from Greg Allison, who, who uh, I hope that at some point in time, maybe you could have him on your show. He, He's a he's a uh, balloon expert. Okay, he talks about the very first yucca experiment back in uh, the late fifties. That was prior to Swordfish Prime, that 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 uh, you know uh, caused some um, uh, anomalies, and and that's one of the reasons why we had Starfish Prime and Operation Fishbowl in, in the South Pacific is because they wanted to see exactly what was going on. But the yucca experiment. That was a balloon launched off of a of a of a uh, I think a barge or something. It created an anomaly, and they were very very interested, right? So a balloon EMP attack could de- deliberate uh, uh, debilitate communications data, you know, electrical power networks, and you know we we let that thing fly by. And and believe it or not, you know the 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 story was well we were jamming the anything that was was uh, you know coming off that thing, and I'm going. Now you don't you don't jam the transmitter you jam the receiver you know and so you could collect uh, very important data all the way along and if you had a bunch of contacts and you had the right frequencies you could download all that stuff but here's the thing is in the in the blackest um, uh, very very uh, you know simple scenario you you could have a semi loaded with a high altitude balloon. And you could drive in the middle of Kansas and launch that thing off. It would get to an effective altitude of basically 30 kilometers in just a half hour. And, and the effective range of, a, of an EMP at that altitude would be 442 miles in radius. <laughs> so everything in that radius would be electronically wiped out. Yes. Yes. It, it's incredible. And so... You could have coordinated attacks that that could cause a ripple effect across the the whole the continental United States, and so the the idea of of just letting that thing float by is absolutely absurd. And I would argue anybody that that we should not we should not do that. And they they also um, I don't know Greg Ellison showed me he said. Did you know you you've seen the uh, app called uh, Flight? I think it's Flight Tracker 24, right? Where you pull it up and you see all these flights going across. Oh the yeah, yeah. You, you monitor flights. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> George, I have the $24 version of that. Okay, the 24. Get this: the $24 version of that app will allow me to look at and track historically 
every single flight that has a transponder for the last year across the entire planet. If I knew what the coordinated universal time is, I can I can I can go back in history and look at any of those flights. Do you know that there's an app for balloons as well? And, I never knew that. You no, know, and Greg, show, if Greg gets on your program, he'll tell you where to get it. I could not believe the amount of balloons that are above our country at any one particular point in time. But here's here's the bad part. Let's say you launch a balloon from a semi in the middle of the night, so you visually can't won't be able to see it. Maybe you'll see, you know, some indication that something's going on, but in a half hour, you won't be able to respond to it in time, okay? And we need to make sure that that thing does not go off because it gets at effective altitude so quickly. And guess what? When it goes off, you now do not have any forensic evidence of who launched the stupid thing. That's right. You can't retaliate. No, and you can... I mean, seriously, if you were a nation state, I mean, obviously China has a, a, an island where they make a bunch of these things. But I don't think China would be stupid enough to, to launch it from that island because I'm telling you, it'd paint a big bullseye on their back, right? Right, but right. If you could, if you could layer the uh, uh, plausible deniability four or five layers down and say, hey, get a drug cartel to say, hey, can you launch this weather balloon for us, and I'll give you a couple million dollars to do it? We'll give you more fentanyl or something like that. Come on. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It, it is absolutely crazy. Plus, uh, there are uh, abs- absolutely platforms where you could actually hang hypersonic missiles <laughs> on these things and launch them like drones across the United States. Now— I don't know. I, I, I just, it's like, really? I, you know, I, I, I looked at this report, and I went, Greg, you had to tell me about this? Seriously? Makes you more um, upset. Let's, let's take some calls for you, Glenn. Let's go east okay. of the Rockies. Brian in Indianapolis. Hey, Brian. Hey, George. How are you? Great. It was great seeing you in Columbus. Oh, what an awesome time we had. What an awesome time. If you wasn't there, you missed it. Hey, uh, Glenn, what a what a awesome awesome topic, man! And I and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna combine an article that Peter Fry wrote and a paper that he wrote, and I hope I get this right because if I don't, I'm gonna look like an idiot. So, uh, an article that he wrote for Newsmax, Newsmax, he he used a phrase. Uh, uh, he talked about the, the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. He, you know, he said that the uh, Washington elite, because uh, they didn't believe that an aircraft carrier fleet could take out a fleet of battleships, he called that a lack of strategic. Can even say it? Strategic. strategic. Yeah, strategic imagination. And the same thing happened with 9/11 because the Washington elite didn't believe that the Al Qaeda or the terrorists would attack the United States homeland. So, okay, now, so now let's go to today. We have open borders and southern borders. We know we have terror cells probably in our country. We got Iran in the Middle East with his fingers all over this mess with Israel. You got China threatening Taiwan. You got Russia in uh, Ukraine. So with the Biden administration, and, man, we are, we are in trouble, do you feel that 
because you're talking about balloons and blackout warfare is what I'm getting at. If they if they attack the United States, they could do it because they've already proved they could do it. Do you believe that the Biden administration has a lack of strategic imagination over what's going on in the world affairs today? You know, I I I really can't I really can't comment on that. I do, I really don't know. I know that there are people in Homeland Security that are chomping at the bit to deploy the strategies and technologies that could really protect us and save us. But I, I don't. I, I just don't know. I don't understand. I guess in light of that, to follow through, I don't understand how we can how we can uh, deploy all these uh, uh, renewable energy programs without considering that that they can that they should be hardened. Okay, and that's why. You know, one of my uh, naval buddies um, told me that Glenn, uh, uh, it, it's all about um, you know the balance between um, uh, how does he put it? Uh, resilience is deterrence. Okay, so so if you can imagine, if I got a pea shooter, George, and there's a there's a tank in front of me. Um, do you think I'm going to be deterred from attacking the tank from a pea shooter, right? The narrative has got to be that we can deter attacks on our nation if we're resilient. If we have resiliency in our system, it will deter it. It's, 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 you can take the opposite view and say, hey, we need to build more weapons, right? But, but think about it. Deterrence by using the resilience factor is, is, is a great argument. And I think we haven't uh, approached that. So I can't tell you about a strategic ima- imagination or, or whatever. I think it, I, th- I think we're flagged to, to be human beings to say, hey, everything's going to be okay. So don't even worry about it. Right? Glenn, don't you think protecting our grid is probably one of the most important national security issues out there today? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, we, we're getting fed the line, and, and I don't know about you, but I tell my people, you know, don't go into the rabbit hole of whether or not the, the climate is changing and what's causing it and stuff. Because really, if you look back on history, George, we have had massive migrations of, of people moving because of climate change. For example, let's say, let's say you believe that all of Florida is going to be underwater in the next 50 or, you know, 20 or 50 years, okay? So what do you do? You have time. I know there's going to be catastrophic storms. You have time to move a lot of people out, and people are going to die when they're moving. But, George, when you talk about something happening to our country where in less than one year you lose nine out of ten Americans, now, come on. I mean, it should be a clear, a clear message oh. that we need to protect our water systems and the logistics support to get food to everybody at the right time. It should right? be the number one presidential campaign issue in 24. Absolutely. Let's go to Bill in Los Angeles. Hey, Bill, go ahead. How's it going, George? Good, my friend. Thank you. Uh, Glenn, I heard you wonder, uh, I think rhetorically, if our energy solutions had been thought through. And as a former journalist, I've noticed you know, like a lot of other people, that suddenly we're becoming increasingly dependent again on foreign dirty oil from hostile countries like Venezuela, Russia, 
and and Saudi Arabia, in, especially in regions that may blow up at any minute and make us even more dependent on them. And then meanwhile, here in California, they're mandating, as you probably know, that by 2035, all the new vehicles have to be battery operated. And yet we're experiencing routine brownouts and they're begging people not to use their appliances between 5 and 9 p.m. So we're, you know, we're wondering, well, when are we supposed to charge these vehicles that we have to buy by 2035? And then the chemicals and the heavy metals, as I'm sure you know, like lithium and cadmium and lead are, that are needed for these EVs cause massive environmental problems like groundwater pollution, air pollution, just to mine them, not to mention processing and then recycling these things. So, and, and then it, even if we're able to get all this stuff together for these electric vehicles and, and find a way to charge them, which th there is not a way right now, the biggest supplier of these chemicals and metals is our worst geopolitical adversary, China which could shut off the supply of all these components whenever it felt like. So what could possibly go wrong? Oh, man, you are so right on. I mean, the the idea that we, as human beings, we fail to look at the the overall picture. And what you've done is, and what you've painted so clearly is that there are overriding uh, repercussions of everything we do, and we're not going out smartly with this energy crisis that we have. Uh, and, and I would say, touche to you. I, I, there's, there is a film, believe it or not, George, that just came out a couple of three weeks ago from a geologist here in Lakewood, Colorado, where I live. It's called a climate conversation. Okay. Yeah. And, and it kind of underlines George exactly what this gentleman said that. What are we doing in terms of cost-benefit analysis and, and analyses, and, and how are we treating uh, the energy stuff that, that in, is in our future? And I can tell you this one thing, and we talked about this before, George, is why doesn't Bezos or, 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 or Tesla— or, or, or Musk. Musk. Why, why doesn't he contact me and say, listen, can you help us connect the dots and make something resilient? Because I guarantee— that we will not be colonizing the moon if we don't have a grid. I, br I brought that up with you last April when you were on on uh, oh twenty two. I mean, he hasn't in, called me yet. He could and write a he could Musk, his he, he could write a check and fix this and not even it wouldn't even phase him. I know. Yeah, and he, his brother Kimberly Musk lives down the street down the street down in Boulder, and and, and he's about caloric. Uh, uh, security in, in urban cities. He's got a, a thing called, I think, Square Roots and stuff. Kimberly Musk should call me and say, hey, Glenn, how can my brother help you guys and get this thing done? If the, Figure if, it out. If the web, if the grid goes down, the web goes down, and there's no sales for Amazon, Bezos should do it right now. Jeff, if you're listening, write a check, huh? Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, it's it's got to be... Uh, obviously, George, it's it's not going to be one simple person, but you know, it's it takes two to tango. You know, we talked about Rickover, Hyman Rickover, you know, and how he was, uh, you know, a leader in the nuclear navy. He sure and was. Hyman, do you know Hyman Rickover wouldn't have been anything unless uh, Nimitz had 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 classified and said this guy is important for our nation's naval history. That's right. Our future. So it takes two to tango, and it just takes a couple of people partnering together to say, we're going to make this happen. George, I think that if, if Bezos or, or uh, Elon Musk would call me the, the, the tomorrow, we could probably deploy something in a community right off the bat that would be the 
bellwether for the whole entire country, and that's what we need. We need to have a crack in the dam, and it's probably not going to happen on a global scale like the whole nation, but it can happen in a little community like like 2,000, 4,000 people. Can it happen state by state? Yes, it can. Once we get the ball rolling, it will happen. <laughs> well, that's another issue then a state should do it, and it's it's not that expensive when you think about it. We've got about a minute before the break, so tell us about where people can get these books. Okay, once again, they can go to um, uh, Uh They can always contact me. My, my web uh, address is on there, or my email address is on uh, the, the leadership uh, part of the program. And, and if, any, if there's anybody that has radio or TV or press, uh, that want to talk to any of these people, we're, we feel uh, ready to stand in the gap to say, hey, just let us know. Let us know where to go. And so uh, you'll be able to download that free book. Jonathan Holman's book is incredible. And it's got a call to action embedded in the book, which basically is saying, hey, guys, wake up. Just like Peter Pry asked me a number of years ago, Glenn, we don't have much money, but we're like the Minuteman of old. We have tattered uniforms and, and broken down muskets, but we're ready to stand in the gap and, and protect the nation and be the, the front lines on, on this fight for freedom and fight for security. We're going to come back in just a moment with Glenn Rhodes and take final phone calls. Those of you who are on hold, just hang right there. We'll get right to you on Coast to Coast AM and, again, his website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. This is a topic that I will not let go of, friends. I will not let go. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Glenn Rhodes with us. We're going to take final calls as we talk about protecting the power grid. The transformers, if they go with an EMP or solar flare, aren't they made in China, Glenn? Yes, they are, George. And uh, one of our... One of our uh... Uh, state directors, uh, who I w- will not mention here, but he he, uh, he called me up. He's an Annapolis grad, and he said, Glenn, uh, we found a um, Chinese transformer that was trying to be uh, put into Alt, Colorado. And um, it, it, to our knowledge, that was the very first one that we'd ever seen. So uh, like a knucklehead, I called up Rebecca Smith at the Wall Street Journal, <laughs> and I said, listen, um, I think you need to write a story about this. Well, come to find out, uh, CISA looked at it and had a back door to it. Trump signed an executive order to ban these things because and not only that, they, they took it apart uh, in one location and then they moved it to another classified location because they found more crap in it. We have nobody in China that vets these things before they come over on the ship. Can you believe that? No. And, 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 and President um, Joe Biden, to his credit, was actually going to continue the, the executive order. But guess what? The, the, the utilities and the power companies, the, the, the big guys said, you can't do this. This is the only place we get them. We got to yeah. manufacture them. Yeah, we probably have 20 to 30 percent that are feeding New York City. We have another uh, 10 percent that are feeding in Las Vegas. And, and I, I told there was a, an opportunity to um, have a public uh, comment for uh, uh, Jennifer Granholm, Secretary of Energy. And I told her, uh, Secretary Granholm, I said, please highlight this thing, sunlight it, because we don't know if you're working it or not. And, and it, it, nothing. 
we, we filed FOIA requests and nothing. Just Back to the phones. Silence. Let's go to first-time caller Leo in Hampton, Virginia. Leo, thanks for calling. Hello, George. How you doing? Okay. Hope you are too, my friend. I'm doing pretty good. Enjoy your show. Listen to you now, every now and then when I can. Thank you, sir. Just want to let you guys know, I used to, uh, I'm retired now, but I was working as a uh, mechanical engineer in the nuclear, I used to work as a nuclear power plant operator on two nuclear submarines. And uh, when I got out, I continued that work. And uh, one of the things that I worked on was a project where we were working on a lithium fluoride uh, salt reactor, molten salt reactor. And we were we had a process designed where we could capture CO2 and also refine that CO2 into carbon monoxide so they could be used as a feedstock to make uh, synthetic gasoline. You can make synthetic gasoline, lubricants, diesel fuel, anything but asphalt, pretty much, plastics, whatever you wanted. Problem is, it got shot down in the Obama administration because they didn't want to have anything to do with anything dealing with gasoline or anything dealing with conventional fuels. They didn't even want to look at it for carbon capture because it had nuclear and nuclear in the word as well too. But this is a, this reactor is so safe; it's not even. I mean, you could have completely nobody in the reactor facility, and if it were to shut down, it would automatically shut down and go into a safe mode with no one there at all. How many do we need, Leo, around the country to keep the country going? What do you think? Well, the thing is, is it'd be, it'd be behoove us to, we could actually put these things in various locations uh, far away from anyone and just basically uh, have the uh, CO2, CO feedstock be piped right directly into the uh, refineries to make uh, make our natural make uh, synthetic fuels uh we would probably have to have something around about uh probably about a thousand gigawatts or better but it's not unrealistic when we look at it another practical idea glenn yeah and and i i uh, concur with that when you look at uh, oliver stone's son uh, I forget what his first name is. He came out with a, a movie called uh, Pandora's Promise. Sean Stone. He's a friend of ours. Sean Stone. And and, and then uh, his his dad uh, came out with Nuclear Now, which everybody should look at too. And also, you know, Michael, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, the guy that did bowling for Columbine. Um, Moore. Michael Moore. Michael Moore. Did a yeah. did, a, did a, a program called. Um, um, uh, Planet of the Humans, and, and each one of these, in each one of these, they basically say that nuclear really is our future, and and we are making, like this gentleman said, we are making extreme advances of walkaway safe generators that will be protected. We can put them underground. We can do electromagnetic hardening of these things, and, and I think that's that's in our future, long term. I think that's definitely a big piece of the. Let's go to Ron in Michigan now. Hey, Ron, go ahead. Good morning, George and Glenn. In the Saturday New York Times front page story, Chinese Bitcoin mines in U.S. fuel suspicion. They are building Bitcoin factories next to our power grids, and and mainly uh, with Texas, uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Ohio, where the legislatures are dominated by Republicans. 
and they have no regulations. And these Bitcoin factories are also being built next to the one in uh, in Montana, I believe it is, or Wyoming, is right next to our, one of the most sensitive atomic uh, Air Force bases. And these Bitcoin factories, they can suck up so much energy that they can shut down the grids themselves. And there's... There, and they're owned by the Chinese Communist Party, plain and simple, through front groups. <clears throat> and there's nobody, you know, you don't, they don't have to fly a balloon. They don't have to fly. They, they have the power right here in our own states to shut down and control our, our energy through the power grids. Glenn, what say you? Well, no, I, I think those are vulnerabilities. You know, the, 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 the Chinese backdoor on this transformer, uh, according to a CISA, um, uh, 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 officials said that they could be tweaked. And, and George, it doesn't take much tweaking. You don't even have to shut them off. You could tweak it and bend an axle in one of these generation stations and cause massive disruptions. Uh, you're right. I mean, we're not being we're not being smart about what we allow into the country. It's it's like we're we're the city of Troy and we're just pulling in, you know, Trojan horse after Trojan horse. And we're not looking inside to see what's in there. It's like, who cares? <laughs> That's why we have an open border, right? I mean, it just—it's insane. It really is. So I don't know what the agenda is, but but I, I've never heard of this Bitcoin thing, and we'll have our guys look into it because I think that's a that's an interesting follow-up. It is, Tom Riverside, California. Go ahead, Thomas. Yeah, uh, George and uh, Glenn. Uh, Hi. Yeah, I think we're. Uh, a clumsy giant in this country. Of course, it's it should be obvious to everyone. And uh, yeah, we're 30 years behind, uh, uh, you know, controlling what's coming into this country. They've got enough people in here. They, the Chinese, have got a blueprint of this whole country. And all it takes is to shut down uh, the grid, of course. But how about the interstate? If nothing moves on the interstate. If uh, they just uh, sabotage some of the cell phone uh, cell uh, towers and uh, the water system is open aqueducts all over the place, uh, it doesn't take anybody sophisticated to do this, and they don't need the new nuclear. And once they do that, we'll kill each other in about 30 days because we'll be fighting for food gasoline what's it take to shut that down and the ports are another thing the railroads all open targets and uh there's tens of thousands of people coming into this country and they just act like well no it's it's okay they just want jobs and uh we're not doing anything about that we're an open uh we're setting duck we you know i mean it's just uh uh, anyway, you you all know the picture. I mean, anybody would realize that. And the biggest threat to this country is Joe Biden in the White House, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, uh, the Clintons, and uh, a few others. That that's the biggest threat to this country. And unfortunately, it's been that way for what thirty years since John Kennedy, the probably the brightest personality in our lifetime uh they killed him so the you know george bush and uh, the cia you know well we can't say that we don't have proof on that one yet tommy come on go ahead glenn 
Well, I, I think that uh, the bottom line is, uh, George, uh, the EMP and coronal mass ejections and these these sabotage threats from from various nation states and even uh, these uh, terrorist groups from uh, you know a non political or non state actor, uh, they're equal opportunity destroyers. So. Uh, my task force, we have Democrats and Republicans both, because uh, the destroy the destroyed will be gays, straights, blacks, whites, Chinese, Mexicans, uh, Americans. It, it will be anybody that that needs water and air for survival. Uh, so, so we have got to to wake up and say, hey. Let's get everybody on the same page, right? Let's get everybody on the same page. All the people that are trying to sequester carbon and, and do these technologies, I say, hey, that's fine. I, I tell everybody jokingly, I said, if you've got a couple of hamsters that turn a, a generation wheel and it's protected from all hazards, I'm on board with your technology, okay? But, but you're right. We have some things that are going on, and, and we just – you know, like the Silicon Valley elites that are quietly burning, uh, buying up, you know, like 55,000 acres in Salona County in, in uh, Northern California. They're, they're creating this utopian village of the future, and I can guarantee that they're not factoring in the things that will keep them alive if the lights go out. I, I mean, it's incredible. right? And that would be one of the first things they should think of. <laughs> really? They should be calling me and say, "Hey, how can we make this community resilient?" That could be another. That could be another pathfinder for the whole country. Seriously, Harry in Port Huron, Michigan. Go ahead, Harry. Hey guys. Uh, first of all, I wish the guy that called in talking from Virginia would have said how much that cost uh, for us to build one. Uh, the second thing is. Um, Glenn, if you can – I don't know if you've gone to these people or not, but uh, Warren Buffett, I guess he's pretty approachable. And another one I told Tom about is Oprah. Um, get on her show. Um, and uh, Oprah, to me, sounds like somebody who really cares about the lives of people. So you need somebody like that who's got some money. Um, yeah, the, the, other, thing, the other person along with Oprah that, that, George, I don't know if you have connections to is – I would like to get in front of Robert Smith. You know, he's a DU grad. Uh, he's probably—I think he's the wealthiest uh, male black American, black African American in the country. And and you know, George, uh, he, he made his millions on data, data, uh, and data storage and and data banks, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and you would think that somebody like Robert Smith uh, would say, "Hey, Glenn, how do I keep my data from crashing, and and how do I keep it functioning?" You know, he'd be another guy. From, from a capitalistic, uh, you know, angle to say, hey, an approach. And and Robert Smith, if you're listening to this podcast, just call me up. Well, it's not a, not we're not a podcast right now. This one's going on 640 okay, yeah. radio stations. Yeah, and and just call me up, Robert Smith, wherever you live. I don't know where he lives, but he's a DU grad, and he he comes often to uh, talk to the graduating seniors here uh, at uh, DU, and and he's a guy that like Oprah and all, all these other people that should care about people. And, and we got to figure out how to do this and do it smartly. But again, I think if we focus in on a small community, it could be the guiding light for the whole country. It really could, George. Is it doable? Yes, absolutely it's doable. And we got to do it. we got to do it in uh, big times. Glenn, uh, take the final minute to tell people about the uh, books and the website again. They can go to uh, the YouTube channel, which is uh, EMP Task Force, 
uh, on National Homeland Security. Uh, the YouTube channel has a bunch of videos, and I'm going to be uh, loading up a bunch of new things in there. And then also they can get the free downloadable book uh, and maybe even more as we, as we see appropriate uh, on emptaskforce.us. And, and feel, free to contact, feel free to contact me, and, uh, and I'll send them some free stuff, too. I mean, anything that comes my way, I'll, I'll be able to respond. I, I responded last time. I think we had, at, at one point in time, Peter was on the station, and he actually mentioned our website, and I wrote, woke up to 1,800 emails. Yeah, they come in like crazy. <laughs> Glenn, keep in touch, okay? Thank you, sir, and I really appreciate your time. And I sent uh, Lisa some stuff for you. It's a it's a PowerPoint presentation and a thing for this other thing on uh, cost-benefit analysis. Well, you got it. Glenn Rhodes. Up next, we're going to talk about reincarnation on Coast to Coast AM. <laughs> 